0: we are here. now recording <laughs> and i'm yeah, going to all
1: you're of this it. in <laughs> <No. What? laughs> I were joking. No. hello everyone welcome back to another episode of admitting it this is your girl Nettie,
0: and i'm your girl d and
1: she straight up this
0: Wow, is is your
1: own code. <laughs> I just be, you know, She's so plate. Plate. I just need a little I didn't so even know what you were was plate, right?
0: She's talking about, wait, that was in there. What? Anyway. way. And I'm going to leave
1: it too. You don't like <laughs> our personality. No, really. <laughs> but um, what's, what's new with you? What's been happening with you? You this know, week? this week, really, I've just been binging you. <laughs> yes. Bro. Yes. yes. I was late to the movement, y'all, but I am here now. Well, welcome. Oh my god! Refreshments are in the back. No okay, shit. thank you, thank you. Sometimes I feel like I need like a cocktail
0: or something to just digest all of that. I I have mixed feelings about it because I feel like how many episodes are we gonna see this man become infatuated over this girl, and then this they draw it out where they create these episodes that mm-hmm. I'm watching. And it's like, look, we get it. The man, episode one, we saw it was crazy. Right.
1: You know, we didn't
0: need uh, how many of our episodes are in season one to be able to identify that.
1: You're right, because he was like, you had money. You had enough money to buy the book, but you wanted me to see your name. <laughs> right. It's like, that's a, that's a reach. Yeah, that's a, very much it. You? But
0: you know what I think it is interesting to see is what is the narration process in our heads Mm -hmm. when we meet new people?
1: Mm -hmm. Like, how
0: do we either encourage ourselves to walk up to someone or how do we, you know, ease into a social gathering where around a lot of different people? So I'm curious now. I mean, I wouldn't go sit there and do it in my head while I was in a...
1: I mean, maybe we all do it and aren't unaware of it. I mean, listen, okay, look. The slight social media stalking, we all do that. So that was, like, not anything new. But to be like... And now, when he went and found her address and where he lived, yeah. that was too much, too far. Standing outside. Right, yeah. Like, what? And then I'm just like, how would she have never seen him? Because I feel like after a while, you know, like, you can feel you, you somebody do. is watching you and somebody is there. And so, it's like, he's been watching you for how long? Right. Know? That was... Ooh. Yeah, the only
0: time she finally caught him was, um. well, let me not... Talk about specifics, because I don't know where you are in your U journey. Nah, nah,
1: spoilers ahead, because we <laughs> need to talk about that ending in season two. Now listen, I just feel like, okay, so I knew this plot twist was coming, but only because I had posted on my social media, like, okay, I watch I watch you, and everybody was like, wait till you get to season two, there's a whole plot twist, you're not going to see it. And like, you know, I'm a creative, I enjoy movies, so now I'm always looking for the plot twist. But if I wouldn't have known this plot twist was coming, it would have took me by surprise. You know what I'm saying? I felt like it was a good plot twist. It was It was interesting.
0: I mean, because I wasn't one... I am never really one to post about me watching something. I may bring right. it up in casual conversation, but even then, that's a reach. Um, I think probably the first movie I've ever tweeted about or said anything on social media about was Bad Boys 2, but that's just because I really, really liked it. Um,
1: Wait, isn't it the third one right now? Sorry. Bad Boys it's, Forever? That one. I was like, Bad Boys. I sitting around like serious. Okay, well you didn't have to come for me. I didn't come for you! I was just fact-checking and I'm Googling it. In now. the working no, just... day, I feel attacked.
0: <laughs> 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 but no, I just feel like the, the that but that's what that's my whole purpose behind you is how are you guys gonna keep the viewers engaged? Okay, he keeps going through these different. Mm-hmm. I mean, each situation with each woman has
1: been kind of unique. Yeah, but that's just a relationship. You know, in general. I but what would be nice if they did this right? And I mean, like I get it. He's like the main character, but how they could keep it going is if like kind of how he meets his match at the end of season two. It'd be cool if at some point she kills him, but then we get her narrative. Because remember at one point in season one, they actually switch over to Beck's narrative and you get to hear her narrative the whole time of what's going on in her head. So I think it would be cool if they did a little more of that and like kind of like code switch between the two. Like what's going on in her head? How does she feel about him? Because when she dropped it, like, no, I knew all of this stuff and I knew that you were right for me. And I was just waiting to bring that out in you. I was like, um... (laughs) Squeezing? <laughs> right. Yeah. What you mean? Right. Oh, it was good. I was glad that I stayed up till like two in the morning watching Until that last night. But um,
0: this week has been, it's been overwhelming. So we are in the last week of January uh-huh. and it's just, I'm still trying to adapt. I'm still trying to find my bearings in mm-hmm. 2020. Um, And honestly, I thought it would take me, I thought it would be able to do it sooner than uh-huh. this. But I think it's just because the year just started, you know, um, I'm involved in a lot of different things. And so now I'm starting to ease into each of these things, Uh but I don't know, I don't know, but this week has been good in terms of productivity, Uh um, still, you know, brainstorming and trying to get my,
1: my feet. Well, yeah, but
0: so far twenty twenty seems like it's good. Good. You know, I'm
1: excited. You know they say January is really just like a trial month anyway. <laughs> so too great. It's the so great year trial really don't scripture. start until February. <laughs> so I get it. And we got leap year this year. Yeah. Oh yeah, we get a little extra right. day. Uh, oh, that's an extra day to shoot your shots. I'm not to take right. your chances uh-uh. in 2020. But listen, <laughs> okay, I'm not talking about just like you know, sliding in the DM, which I have slid into to a few DMs probably mm-hmm. mostly unsuccessfully but <laughs> <laughs> like, let me that might let me help you let me give you some tips am I aggressive I just be like yo what's up ooh. and I'm just kidding <laughs> 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 No, it sounds like you hit the right on the nail. I don't know why they wouldn't be interested. (laughs) I don't get it either. I mean, it's like, right? hello. I I was talking to my friend and I was like, I just don't understand why more guys don't slide in my DM. And she's like, what? And I was like, I just feel like, I'm real cute. Why did I slide in my DM? She's like, Maddie, this is not how it works. I'm like, look, if you went on my page, I would be trying to slide in my DM. <laughs> no, it's funny you say that. <laughs> you, do
0: you have Snapchat? No, I oh, do, but I don't use it. Okay. I hate Snapchat. But they do this thing where on this day last year, so January uh-huh. tw- 25th, um, 2019, uh-huh. they'll show you what your memory was. Uh-huh. Um, and I told... I was thinking to myself last year, like towards November, December. I'm like, oh, I can't wait for my 2020 memory. <laughs> I was bomb all 2019. As I saw my work the other day, I said, "So I'm a really, I have a problem with Snapchat because all these memories they have been showing me, like I have been ugly as fuck." <laughs> I said, "I thought I wasn't as cute as I thought I was." <laughs> I said, "I wish they would stop showing you know me." <laughs> I, this point, is disrespectful. That sounds disrespectful. But <laughs> like, like- I think I didn't get. Cute. Maybe I didn't get cute till about October of twenty twenty. So it's a long way to go. I mean, you know, I ain't know you then, so I can't. Even I wasn't cute. You've been cute. No, I was not cute. No. there was. They have memories to prove. They're to blackmail me. That's that, what they do. Yeah, doing. that is blackmail. You, See? right. that's emotional yeah.
1: blackmail. Snapchat. i have to email support. Uh, right now. <laughs> I, I know it's, you, it's One of my exes played Some girl, I don't know. Like, I don't even remember putting that on Snapchat. Girl, right? You're like, why would I have recorded that?
0: Was
1: a mess, but let's jump into it, okay? Well, it's really that exciting time of year, cool. so students are, if they have not already, they probably have already um, gotten some of their acceptance letters, but it's like that time where y'all are about to start getting your decision letters and getting them hard, and like, let's have some excitement, woo, yes, um, I don't know if I'll we'll have an audio engineer by then, so, <laughs> we might not be able to insert any, like, fun, exciting things, but if we do, they'll and be And hopefully that of uh, me slapping on the table, don't come out too hard for y'all, <laughs> but yes, I remember
0: when I got my first acceptance letter.
1: Oh,
0: what was it like? Well, I think you know. Again, you guys know my story. I applied late. Um, I got accepted to the four that I applied to. So, college at the time when I was when I had missed the deadline, it was like, dang, I missed an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so, when I did apply and I got accepted, it was like, oh, okay. So it's not you know my chance. I don't have this missed opportunity. Even right. if I would have had to go to community college, I still would have been happy. But it was just more so like. Yay. You know. Mm-hmm. And so one thing we want you guys to remember during this time is it's not the end of the world yes. if you don't get into the school of your choice. Mm-hmm. Like we we that's what we really want you to preach and take away from all the messages is that there's multiple pers- perspectives. You just have to look at it from different angles. Mm-hmm. So all of us could be watching a basketball game, but depending on where we're sitting, we have different views of the court. Mm-hmm. But no matter where you're sitting, you still get a full
1: view of everything that's going on yeah of the game Mm -hmm. i think that's like really big too because i to be honest i don't know if i remember my first acceptance letter it may have been cal state monterey bay but it may have been another college but i do like vividly remember getting the rejection letter and i think i talked about this in one of the first episodes um to my school of choice and i was like oh and i like cried but like again i didn't cry because I didn't get admitted to that school. Honestly, I didn't even care anymore at that point, but I had just received so much rejection to that point. And I was like, why won't someone accept me? And then they did. And then all my acceptance letters like flowed out after that. Um and so I don't know, you're always gonna be this is so cliche and I'm all about my cliches, but you're always gonna be exactly where you need to be and you're gonna be accepted. To the schools that you need to be accepted to, um, that are gonna have the journey and the opportunity for you to prosper. So, I like, D, I think that's why I really like love having you as my co host is because I think we had a very similar college experience in choosing our college. And it was not at all any place we wanted to go, it was not at all a place we had even heard of. And then we ended up there and we had these. Incredible journeys agree, yeah. and these incredible stories, and like we could not and would not have been the women we are today without these institutions behind us. So I mean, like, listen, I have so much otter pride, like <laughs> Cal State Monterey Bay. Um, I love them. They are literally my. They're just like my dream school, and I wish I would have known they were my dream school when I had first applied. But I also feel like. Um. So we we have some episodes where we
0: interview our parents or our guardians at the time and talk about what it was like for them to walk us through that process or help us transition into college. And I'm super excited for us to release those. But you also at those times will be able to hear a parent's perspective because this is what we're going through mm-hmm. internally. So as a college student or a, a high school student getting ready to go to college or a high school student getting ready to go to transition into maybe um, a career path is this daunting for your
1: parents too yeah it's so scary and i mean like listen let's be real here we think that we're all incredible like stars that are you know just the sweetest little people in the world and we are monsters to our (laughs) parents in our teenage years at times yeah yeah, especially when it's like the college decision because we think we know everything Mm -hmm. we think this isn't gonna be a good school for me. How could you ever dare say that I should go to this school instead of this school? You like a fool, right? Like that's like our internal dialogue. That's and then you version like version of what's going on in our heads. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would think my way like that, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> not like it way like that. But <laughs> oh, we we're gonna be on Um, <laughs> but you
0: know, let's talk about the term of the day. Okay. So the term of the day is tuition.
1: Mhm so tuition is how much your college courses cost Um, tuition is the amount paid for each credit hour of enrollment so tuition does not include the cost of books fees or room and board Um, and the charges vary from institution to institution and are dependent on such factors as resident or out-of-state status so whether or not you live in that state or whether or not you live out of that state or if you're a resident of that country as well um, because that can determine your tuition status and then the level of classes you're enrolled in so your lower division upper division um, or graduate level courses um, and whether the institution is publicly or privately financed and so That's like a really big thing, so um, or a really big part of it, because you'll find that a lot of small liberal arts colleges have some great scholarships for you, um, and a lot of big public institutions don't have a lot of money for you, and so it doesn't mean that you can't get to either of those institutions, like you can get to a public institution and be almost completely funded and be on what you would call, people would it as a full ride but maybe it took 10 different scholarships to get you that full ride but look you ain't got to come out of pocket for anything um and you can absolutely do that at a public institution um but those prices and those opportunities are going to vary based off of how the school is funded what the alum and I look like um so it's really important that if you are alum that you give back to your institutions
0: yeah, and so also knowing the difference between tuition versus cost of attendance. So mm-hmm. if
1: you're talking about cost of attendance,
0: that's now inclusive of the cost of books, room and board, transportation, mm-hmm. um, health fees, and other so- associated fees with your university
1: or school that you're attending. Right, and that cost of attendance is a really important piece of the picture to look at. Because sometimes students will be like, oh, you'll, like, you'll ask like an institution, like, oh, how much is your tuition? And we almost always will be like, tuition is this much, (laughs) but like you never just get tuition. We always give you the full cost of attendance because for some institutions, their housing is so much more expensive than the cost of attendance. So, are the tuition, so your tuition could be like $5,000, but by the time you're done putting together your cost of attendance for the full academic year, you're spending $40,000 at that institution. Yeah. Um, And I mean, it's not always that drastically different, right? But paying attention to the housing, the books, and the Books can, um, sorry, your major can determine how much your books may cost too, right? So, I was a communications major. We usually bought mostly reading books. So by time I was done purchasing books for the semester, I'd maybe spent like two hundred dollars on all my books for all my classes. Meanwhile, I had friends who were like science majors or math majors, and they were or business majors, right? And they were spending like two three hundred dollars on one book, and they were still taking just as many classes as I was. So that could make a difference in your um, overall cost of tuition as well. Yeah.
0: And so today what we really want to do is talk to you guys about this process or this transition of what's next Mm -hmm. now that you're admitted or maybe you received a deny notification or you didn't get into college. What's next? So in terms of being admitted, there's a a couple of different processes or there's a couple of different um, milestones Mm -hmm. in order to ensure that you maintain your admission status. So uh, the main thing you want to do is make sure that you're checking your student portal mm-hmm. or your to-do list. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes students will say, well, what do I need to do? Or what do I need to turn in? Or how do I know what my admission status is? That's where you'll find out that information on your student portal. And so if you don't have access to your student portal or you don't know how to log in, contact your campus, mm-hmm. they will be more than happy to assist you with that. And then um, as one of my coworkers always says,
1: it's on your, if it's on your to-do list, you want to do it. Yes. know, yeah. 100%. And this is going to, I said this once before, and I think our first episode, um, which is, deadlines <laughs> are not suggestions okay let's do it again Okay. deadlines are not suggestions what a wonderful piece of advice thank I you yeah. yeah you know um Walter thank you Walter for giving the students that and for allowing me to pass it on to them
0: <laughs> and so Nitty and I were also talking about in terms of your student portals we had a difference kind of in opinions because mm-hmm. I felt that you should monitor or maybe it wasn't with the to-do list. I think it was because I
1: think you said you should monitor only the ones that you're interested in. in, And I feel like you should monitor them all. (laughs) Um, Just because, I mean, one, it goes into that like... Sometimes, look, if I only monitored the student portals that I was interested in, I would not have gotten into Cal State Monterey Bay. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't have made it to that admissions decision. I'm sorry, admissions. That enrollment confirmation May 1st deadline because I would have been uninterested in the school and I wouldn't have cared about any of the information that they were sending me. And for some institutions, because I've worked for an institution, there are going to be very important pieces of information that they need you to send in before May 1st and that you have to do before May 1st. And if you don't do it before May first, then it can affect you being able to submit your enrollment confirmation or even after you do that enrollment confirmation, it's going to come back and bite you in the butt. And that has been proven true. And I know I don't work for the Cal States anymore, so I know that there has been a lot of change around this. But early start was one of those big things that students had to take action on. um, And they should have taken action on it before May first because they had to enroll in classes and get certain things. And so then by the middle of summer or sometimes a few weeks before school starting, they're finding out that they're no longer admitted to the institution. Well, it wasn't even that they weren't admitted to the institution anymore. Their registration was blocked because they didn't complete early start. Right. So technicalities for,
0: in my my opinion, um, well, I definitely think that you should take an interest in at least three. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say write a list of your top five and monitor those. I do agree that if you're only monitoring those five and something happens with those five, Mm -hmm. now, you're not, you're unaware of the processes or the deadlines associated with the other institutions, but realistically students apply, some of these kids get crazy. Uh I had a student who applied to like 12 CSUs, and I was like, oh, okay, that's a lot. (laughs) And so it's kind of like, and Um, each campus is different. They have Mm -hmm. a different process. And I know students think because we're all under the same system, whether it be UCs or CSUs, that there's this one universal process across the board. But that's why I say only monitor five, because realistically, you're not going to be logging into portals for 12 different
1: CSUs. But they might. I. But that also goes into, so I met this counselor um, this past summer, and we're actually good friends now. He's so awesome. Shout out to Brian. Um, he's in Chicago. But he talks about how um, for his students, he tells them, one, you should be applying to schools that are good academic matches, and two, that you're interested in, right? And so I think while it's great that the student even had the financial flexibility to be able to apply A to degree. 12 CSUs, yeah. Um, If you are only interested in six CSUs, then why did you submit the other six applications, right? So I think that that is a part of the rhetoric that we need to be changing um, or working towards changing with students, with parents, with counselors, is that we should not be encouraging students to apply to REACH schools and safety schools, right? A safety school, they're usually not interested in. It's just a waste of $60 application fee and someone's valuable time, right? Um, but instead, if they're applying to schools and then a REACH school, you're like, I'm not really sure I'm gonna get in here, but I'm gonna I'm shoot my shot anyways. And for a lot of students, I works out and for a lot of students it doesn't work out right so like let's be looking at these schools is this a good academic match am i gonna fall somewhere in here do you think that i can get admitted to the school probably right maybe it is a little bit of a reach but it's not too much of a reach right like i'm not applying to the most elite institution in the nation with a 1.5 gpa right um and not shooting down anybody who has a 1.5 gpa um but realistically You may not get into that institution because you're not even going to have met the bare minimum requirements. And so then you should be saying, okay, you know what? I'm interested in this school. I want to apply to this school. Um, And so these are where my applications are going to go. And even if you're interested in it, but it's low on your interest list, that's okay for it to be low on your interest list. But it still needs to be a place that you could be like, yeah, I would want to go there and spend some time here. Um, Because I don't think you're really going to be able to tell if you can see yourself at that institution. Um, until you've done an online tour, you've visited it in person. And you may do that while you're still waiting for an admissions decision, or you may not do that until afterwards. And sometimes you're going to get to a school and be like, this wasn't really for me, and that's okay. And
0: that brings us to the next milestone, which Mm -hmm. is visiting a campus if you already haven't. Yeah. So a lot of students have committed to universities that they've never set foot Mm -hmm. on, which is fine. But you have to understand that this is where you're going to spend your academic journey for the next mm-hmm. four or five years or however long it takes you. Mm-hmm. And each campus has a different climate, has a different community, a different mindsets, different people, different values. Just like we know Los Angeles is very different from... Um, Chicago or or the
1: Bay Area. Yeah,
0: or you know whatever. Just place X city mm-hmm. in there, and you'll There, there's no two cities that are roughly the same with the same vibe. You may find mm-hmm. parts within a city that are similar to each other, but each one is so unique. And so these campuses are set in these communities mm-hmm. with these people, and that those people become your community.
1: Mm-hmm. And so if
0: you. Um, for example, like CC Humble is known as being more into nature um, and uh, exploring different um, outdoors things. Mm-hmm. So if you're that type of person, that's great. If you're like me, I don't really care if I could go for a hike. I don't really care right. if. <laughs> I don't really care if. And it's not that I don't care about those things at all. It's just it's not top of my priority list.
1: Priority list. Yeah. So like
0: she said, you know, talking about. Schools that have a good academic match, as well as, you know, are they a good fit for you? Now is the time to visit these
1: campuses, especially mm-hmm. if you
0: get admitted to a university.
1: Yes. And we're going to talk about, like, a little later on, we're going to talk about how to build an actual college list. But those are going to be some really important keys and factors I tell students all the time. You want to be looking at the city your institution is in. Is it in the mountains? Is it in the valley? Is it on the beach? Is, is it high? Is, high? is, is it cold? cold? Does it snow? Now, listen, I don't like the snow. Agreed. Um, I just... Thank you. I'm glad that we are on the same page here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying to live in nobody's Snow. I'm not trying to even visit nobody's Snow. I just want to see it on TV. But, and
0: so, see how we know what we like and what we enjoy. And, again, mm-hmm. a lot of us as kids don't have that opportunity to, to visit different places, places and right. to even know what it means to be in San Diego, to know mm-hmm. what it means to be in San Francisco, to know what it means to be
1: in San Marco no, so, right, right somewhere. or in dc yeah. or virginia or yeah. florida miami is very different yeah. than orlando and so and i think you sometimes people hear like oh i'm going to the city of the stars i'm going to california and california is all beach not if you go to the central valley honey it's not the beach right <laughs> so i think those are some very very important factors and so um and you'll notice sometimes as you build your college list like for me a lot of the colleges that i was applying to um they were all very close to the beach, and like. Even as I moved on from my my institution, um, my alma mater, I moved somewhere next to the beach because yeah. I love I the water and I love the ocean. It is, like, my safe space. It is my calm place. So that was a theme for me. I knew I needed to be somewhere in a driving distance, you know, because I can't afford no beach real estate right now, but that's okay. We're and another there. thing is now is the time to
0: also have those conversations with mm-hmm. your parents because, obviously, if you apply to a squad estate you don't. You may not have the financial means or the know how to get to that university. Mm-hmm. So talking to your parents and saying, "Hey, I've been admitted here. I would like to visit before right. um, you know I commit to this campus."
1: Exactly. And another really big key like or piece and factor that's going to play into whether or not you go to that institution is checking your financial aid status in your package um and so that's a really big piece in choosing your college as well because or the instit- university institution that you choose to go to um because you may get accepted to your dream school and everything is perfect except for that financial aid letter and then there's going to be a school that's maybe like three or four you know ranks down than your top institution but they're offering you full ride and you get there you take take the tour and you're like you know what I can actually kind of see myself there and now you have to pick between your dream school and the school that was ranked originally fifth on your list right but they're offering you maybe a better financial aid package and you can still see yourself on this campus and you still feel like it's a good fit um, and especially with like finances and economics and things change for people and they change for students. Like, um, for example, like when I went to college, like my dad's in the real estate, um, industry and we grew up very comfortable. But as soon as I went to college, the market crashed, you know what I'm saying? So my dad was basically out of a job. And so my mom still worked, but then I think my sophomore or junior year in college, she got laid off. So um, those costs, like you never know what's gonna happen. And we've seen people go home because they couldn't afford it anymore and they didn't apply to scholarships, so like mom and dad got it. But um this is kind of where we have to kind of start thinking for ourselves as adults, like okay, what things can I do to make it less of a financial burden? Well, not only my parents, but also myself, because we're going to be paying this money back as well. Um, And in our financial aid episode, um, we're going to talk a little bit about why loans are not a bad decision um, and why you should be taking them out to help finance your future.
0: So um, since we're talking about finances, the next milestone or the next Mm -hmm. thing that you want to do as you're considering which college you want to, commit to is to check your financial aid status or Mm -hmm. your package to see what the university is offering. Mm -hmm. For a lot of students, this is make or break. It's like Mm -hmm. a deal breaker. Yeah. Um, You either get enough money to fund your education for your first year or you have to pay out of pocket majority at the cost of attendance. And that's not feasible for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, So you want to make sure that if you don't hear from the university or if if you have questions, like Nettie said, there's Um, Loans that may be presented to you in the Mm -hmm. event that there isn't enough money to cover the entire cost of attendance, but not necessarily being fearful of those things, but talking to the financial aid representative um, to do a consultation. And Again, this is where you may want to get your parents involved. Is mm-hmm. Let's view this together because this is debt that you may take on together. Um, right. When I was in college, I had to take out a Parent PLUS loan. What mm-hmm. that meant was I now needed my mom to co-sign for a loan so that I can... My mom basically took out the loan on my behalf for my education. And so, you know, a lot of parents may not be interested in that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be honest, I don't even know if my mom understood to the fullest extent of what that loan meant, but she did allow me to take it out. Um, So, you know, having those conversations, asking the questions, that's Mm going to be the key throughout your admission process is
1: when you don't understand something, ask questions. Questions, Yes. And like one thing, and gosh, I can't wait till we do this (laughs) financial aid interview too, because, um... There is emergency money that they can give too because sometimes stuff happens once you're in college and so you might need like an emergency loan um, for whatever those reasons are. And so they have some special circumstances where they're able to give you an emergency scholarship or an emergency money, um, even though you may have thought that you have maxed out on your loan that you've been able to take out for that year. Um, so again, ask those questions, um, talk, to the, talk to the financial aid counselors, find an advocate on campus, whether that is the financial aid counselor, whether whether it's an admissions counselor, whether it's one of your friends, you know, like I remember for um, one of my friends in college, and she was maybe a few grades younger than me, and I don't even remember what happened, but it it was basically along the lines of she was kind of paying her way through college, and so she took on a summer job that, was, that gave her a stipend, and that stipend was supposed to pay for her first installment of college, but they paid it out to her late, which meant she had to pay her tuition late. And so then they wouldn't release the money to her. And it was it was just like this whole mess. And it didn't sound right. And so she was like, I'm going to have to go home. And I said, no, you're not. And she was like, well, I don't know what to do. And I said, it's fine. And so because I had worked in admissions and I knew people in the financial aid office, I said, well, let's go talk about it. Because you can't go home because they were late on a payment. Like, if you could still make your payment and you've still been going to the classes and you haven't been dropped from the classes yet you get to make your first installment payment or whichever one it is so that you can still go. And she was able to um, to get re-enrolled in school that semester. So it's like awesome. a really good win. But find an advocate. Find someone to help. A resource. Yeah, yeah. resource. And I know mm-hmm. we
0: focus a lot on first-time freshmen in terms of these milestones. Mm-hmm. But for our transfer population, mm-hmm. also know it's just equally as important for you to review your student um, mm-hmm. checklist cause your, or your to-do list. Uh, because the... Deadlines that are associated or the documents that are associated with first-time freshmen are very different from transfer documents. Um, And, you know, uh, we understand that as a transfer student, your schedule is even more hectic. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have more responsibilities. Maybe you're a parent. Maybe you work two jobs, so forth. But also reviewing your financial aid package as Mm -hmm. well because some transfer students have spent, you know, Um, some years at a community college Mm -hmm. and, or may not understand how it works in terms of transitioning your aid from the community college level to a university or institution.
1: Mm -hmm. And one thing that is vastly different for transfer students, and this isn't on the financial aid tip, but, um for transfer students and first-time freshmen is most institutions will not ask for seventh semester transcripts from first-time freshmen, yes. which, and what is seventh semester? That just means the first year, um, first semester of your senior year, or if you're in a quarter school, like the first two quarters. Um, but for transfer students, we ask for an in-progress transcript, and that means we need to see it with your fall grades, but your in-progress spring courses. And that can affect whether or not you will be canceled for the conditional admissions that you've already received. And you'll typically know that before May 1st. Um, So that's something for transfer students, that's a really big piece of the puzzle that you should be paying attention to because we won't ask for that from first-time freshmen.
0: Yeah, and that's a good point because it's a preliminary transcript. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of students that we unfortunately denied because they didn't submit the preliminary transcript. Mm -hmm. And we get it. From a student's perspective, you're like, okay, but I can't send my transcript because spring semester isn't over yet. Right. And we know that. We're aware of that. The intention or the purpose behind asking for those documents is to see if you're on track Mm -hmm. to meet the admission requirements. Because the sooner we can notify you of whether or not you're eligible, mm-hmm. the sooner you can
1: either reroute or right. figure out what your next step is. Exactly. And the terms that will mostly be associated with that that you'll hear is in-progress transcript and a final transcript. And the difference is an in-progress transcript will still have courses that are in-progress, meaning we don't have final grades for them, and a final transcript for a freshman a first-time freshman it will have a graduation date on it and all of your grades will be on there from um from freshman year in high school to senior year in high school and for transfer students that just means that the that there are no more in-progress grades on your transcript so that means you're not taking any more summer courses winter courses Fall courses, whatever. We just see, okay, this is the last term that you attended this institution. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm.
0: we kind of touched a little bit. One of the other milestones was cost of attendance. Mm-hmm. And we kind of touched on it a little bit when we were talking about the admission term of the day. Um, but be sure to revisit that if you already have it once you get admitted to see what the cost of attendance, what the breakdown for each Thing
1: that you're paying for is,
0: that way you're aware, mm-hmm. um, and then I'll let Nettie talk about the next milestone.
1: So our next milestone is your enrollment confirmation, um, or your um, intent to enroll, um, they call it a bunch of different things <laughs> <laughs> at almost every institution, but basically it's a deposit that confirms your spot, um, and that says, like, I am coming to this institution and what's really the most important thing to know about this is of course we cannot speak for all universities, but for most institutions, this is a non-refundable fee.
0: Correct. Yeah. So
1: you want to make sure that if you submit it to multiple institutions, that you know that you are not getting that money back from those institutions. Um, and if you are like, I can only submit it to one institution because that's all I can afford that this is an institution you really want to go to and that you're going to be on top of all your P's and Q's for, um, so that's, mm-hmm. yeah, this
0: was another thing that yeah. <laughs> we kind of had different viewpoints on because I encourage my students, because I know how competitive universities are in general, especially the one that I work for, I encourage students to keep their options open. So I'll tell them, you know, the fact that it's not refundable, the mm-hmm. fa- what it, what it, the purpose of the intention role is, mm-hmm. but I also recommend if you can afford it to pay it for more than one. Now, two would be my max because yeah. <laughs> if you go anything more than that, now you're just wasting money. Like, mm-hmm. But the reason why I say pay for two um, intention roles is because let's say you are in good standing with um, X university mm-hmm. and you know, you've paid the uh, intention role, you have submitted your SAT scores, and then with Y university – something happens, mm-hmm. they didn't get a document on time, now your mission is rescinded or t- they took in their mission back from you and you've paid that intention to mm-hmm. now you have another institution that you can still look out for. Because if you, let's say, if Y goes out the window for that institution, you, you kind of don't have anything else. You, maybe it's now past the intention roll deadline, which is typically universally mm-hmm. um, May 1st of every year some institution will be nice and extended but don't Mm -hmm. count on that (laughs) right uh but and also just a quick note about that is realizing certain things so for example if you know the deadline is may 1st and you're submitting a check to pay the form of uh, payment don't send the check april 20 Eighth or something, yeah. You know, how is that check going to get to that university in enough time? And Mm -hmm. you want to be able to confirm that they got it, right? So, you know, just making sure you use um, common knowledge or or think ahead,
1: Mm -hmm. you know. And the reason why I was against that is one because it's mostly out of the um, what like the code of ethics or whatever um, that one of the big standing institutions um, that we're all a part of. kind of like says like oh well we shouldn't encourage students to do that but also um I encourage students to take responsibility for their stuff right and so in there now listen I've been in admissions for like six years now so I have seen some canceled admissions that are like oh god this probably wasn't a good look on our part because maybe we did something wrong and typically if the institutions did something wrong um we you know have some a backbone right so we're not spy so we usually are able to honor that and then um reverse that decision and we don't make you pay that deposit again but for a large chunk of the students it's because they dropped the ball and they dropped the ball in a big way you know and they're and they're for some students it's really just a gap of information they didn't know it they right. didn't understand the information so i never want to penalize or punish those students but for students who knew and it's like we sent countless emails to you letting you know that we needed this documentation. You opened all of them. You clicked through all of them. Cause we, we got that tracking information. We can see. Right. <laughs> right. Um, like, like those are the students that I feel like would be like, oh, okay, well it's fine. Like I've got this other institution that I can go to. And so then I feel like that's like a way that they're almost taking advantage of the institution. Um, and some people will say like, Oh they're taking up another spot but that's not really how it works right. <laughs> there's like a whole formula like that's why the people at top are kind of <laughs> paid the big bucks is because there's there's so much more that goes into university decisions and someone said something really um really powerful to me is that um institutions are not looking for that one good student they're looking for a good and um excuse me, a good class and, like, a very uh, well-rounded class. And so that is what we're looking for when we're reading these applications. Right. Um, I, every straight-A student is going to be a good fit for my institution, right? And while, like, our statistics can show that our average GPAs are incredibly high... Just because you're a 3.2 student doesn't mean you can't get into our institution. You know what I'm saying? Um, and maybe you have to have a few other things on your application that stand out more. Doesn't mean you're going to be any less successful at our institution than the student who's a 4.5. Right? Um, I feel like I just went all the way. <laughs> Look, <come> back. <laughs> I, yeah, baby. I'm coming back, I'm coming back, I'm coming back. back. But... At the end of the day, it's not bad advice to tell them to. And it's up to you. So Mm -hmm. that's
0: what we also want to make a disclaimer for. Mm -hmm. Is we give you advice based on our encounters with students, based on the universities that we work for, we represent, Mm -hmm. and based on just our common knowledge of what we've seen. But everything that we give you, some of this information is optional. Mm -hmm. Or you can take, like uh, my aunt said something today. She was like, you know you can watch the news because everybody thinks the news is bad but you can mm-hmm. watch the news but take away the things that fit for you right so you don't have to watch everything or take away that whole entire situation but take away the things that are useful for you mm-hmm. as an applicant or as a student
1: yes and so i'm gonna we only have just like a few minutes left um so this next one we're not gonna spend a whole bunch of time on because i kind of want to i mean not like dive into it because we don't have enough time to dive into like dorming on campus and living um but talking about the benefits of that but let's get to our bullet point before that which is placement tests um so just checking your portals um some institutions are moving away from this practice but there's still a lot of institutions that do still have the placement test practice and it's usually a placement test for english and math um and your sat scores the math that you're enrolled in your senior year, if you took any college level courses, math courses while you were in high school at the community college, um, and like or your ACT, like all of those can be different ways that we can see um, how ready you are to go into college level math. Um, so, or math or English, right? Either or. So just paying attention. If you are very unclear on whether or not the school has a placement test, pick up the phone. Call us or email us. Sometimes that's like a lot easier. Um, And then for us, it's easier too because we're just like, no, we don't have one. Thanks for email. (laughs) Bye. Right. Um, And then you have it. And then you have it in writing, If whoever it was on that end messed it up. Right. But um, at least you can call and say like, oh, are there any placement tests that I need to be aware of that I should be taking before the May 1st deadline?
0: Yeah. And make sure you have um in our uh College for Etiquette episode we talked about business cards and taking contact for admission officers mm-hmm. or AOs. If you know who your AO is for the universities that you're interested in, contact them. Mm-hmm. Because they're
1: they're there to help you and to assist you. Absolutely. Um, okay, so <laughs> the next point that I'm really excited for is uh dorming and living on campus and so what are the benefits of it, of living on campus? What are the benefits of living off campus? Um, so we recognize that, like, for every student, it is not going to be feasible to live on campus. So we don't want you at all to feel pressured, like, you have to do this. But if you can afford to do it, um, I always recommend going to um, going to live on campus for at least one year, right? You don't need to live on campus all four years, because by the time you get to your junior year, you're usually, like, um, tired of it. But... The reason I always recommend to live on campus is there's so much that happens on campus. and There's such a student experience that happens when you live on campus that if you don't live on campus, you can miss out on that experience. And it's not always a great thing, but I mean, like, it's not always a bad thing if you miss out on that experience, but... To me, I think it's just, like, it's such a wonderful experience, and I listen, I remember being in high school, like, ew, I can't believe anyone would ever think that, like, I would live in a dorm room, that's disgusting, I'm gonna live in an off-campus apartment, because, duh, right, and then, like, I got to college, and I was, like, humbled real quick, Um, (laughs) right, with uh, two different roommates, but it was the best experience of my life, and i If I could choose to do it that way, I would do it that way every single time. I had some awesome freshman year roommates.
0: Yeah, I think that living on campus gives you access to, um, like Nettie said, being involved in your campus community more. Mm -hmm. It's also easier to um, make it to class and there's no barriers, you know, for example, if you live. 40 miles or 20 miles away from your school and you don't have a vehicle. Now you have to rely on outside sources or public transportation. So there's that factor as well. Um, Being able to utilize the resources that are on campus, the writing center, the career development center, the gym, um, whatever it is that you need access to, you have it right there. Not to say that if you don't live on campus, you can't access those things Mm -hmm. because you can. But when you live on campus, you really get to take in on a much deeper level what your campus is all about um but as she said you know it's not feasible for everyone what whether it be the cost or right
1: and let's just be real here too like i'm gonna be real transparent with y'all when you move off campus you're just lazy so you're like oh that sounds like a great event but i'm not driving all the way back to campus I'm not fighting in parking spots for it, right? And so, like, when you live on campus, you're walking everywhere. Like, I hardly ever drove my car when I lived on campus. And freshman year, I didn't even have a car. Right. So, <laughs> I walked everywhere on campus. And I actually kind of missed it. Like, my favorite event was always, um, we had a finals de-stress week at Monterey. And so, they would, like, rent all these, like, bouncy houses for one day. And they'd put them on the quad. And sometimes we'd have massages. And they'd do a bagels after dark. And then an eggs after dark, which is when they turn, like, one of our dining comments into like a little club and it was a lot of fun. Right. But I guarantee you that like literally once I moved off campus if I wasn't on campus for those, even if I got the phone calls like, "Eh, yeah, I'm probably not going because I, I, listen, I live two miles away from campus. And in housing,
0: (laughs) they also do like housing events. So, Mm -hmm. um, they'll do events with the people who live on campus and things like that. And it's specifically for them, but there are other events that, um, your campus community may put on that are available to all students. The next is professional emails. So notice or or, or know that when you contact the university, you're representing yourself Mm -hmm. and you're building a relationship between you and the admissions office. So I would always recommend if you, every university is going to give you what's called a campus identification number. Mm -hmm. It's how they track your application. It's how they, um, know who we're talking to and all the details of your situation as an applicant. So whenever you're contacting any part really on the mm-hmm. campus while well, as you're a prospective student or before you're actually matriculated, meaning you've been accepted, re- you've enrolled in courses, and now you're ready to begin your first fall semester, um, you'll want to make sure that you include that number in emails because, again, it's the easiest way for us to be I- able to identify who Ashley Rodriguez is right. and why she's contacting
1: us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then next, orientation. So orientation is a really big um, like piece of going to college. It really is that introduction to your institution and in a very different way than open house and the admitted student reception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because admitted student reception and open house, we're like, yay, come see all these great things that we have going on at our university. And it's like... All this stuff, and we're just like trying to make this big fuss about getting you to our institution. Yes, the rah rah. And orientation is like, cool. You here, now let's... It's, just yeah. of, it's not strictly business, but it's more... It's a lot of... It is a lot of business. Yeah, I think true. there's a lot of fun to it, too, and I think it depends on the institution. Yeah. Like, some schools... Like, I think you said for your institution, they did a few days, right? Mm-hmm. It was a few-day orientation. For Cal State Monterey Bay, when I went, it was only a day orientation. But, like, I had a cousin who went to, I think, Loyola Marymount, and I think their orientation was, like, a week long. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, like, and this was Loyola and, um um in Chicago, right? And so oh. she's from California. So and then they also have orientations for the parents. And yes. so for so and it's different for every institution right so for some institutions it's not mandatory but it's highly highly recommended for some institutions it is mandatory and if you do not attend then you will get your admissions canceled right so that's something that's really important to know and a lot of it is like introduction like here's what your classes are going to look like we're going to give you this campus tour so you can walk around campus before all the students get here you can kind of know where your classes are going to be you may set up your schedule there you may not um and i remember doing some like alcohol awareness classes some drug awareness classes um some sex and consent and like um and sexual assault classes there and then they have like i sat on a few panels like because i didn't know what happened in the parents one but then once i got to be an upper division student and more involved in campus i was sitting on panels and answering questions for parents right and your parents will go to their own sessions as well about alcohol and drugs on campus um and what it like what you need to do in order to kind of like let go what you should be aware of as a parent when it comes to finances and all those different things um and this is also and and i don't even really want to say just parents i want to say supporters because we have a lot of students who come from non-traditional households Um, and so like even in your situation like your parent would have been your aunt right and so I don't want to exclude anyone who their parent, biological parents, adoptive parents are not there, but maybe they have like a best friend and it's their parents who are coming in and standing in. Like that's a great person to be there as long as you can have someone else um, who is there supporting you on your journey. And they'll go to those things and they'll know what to be um, aware of.
0: Yeah, and then the most important part of, well, not the most, but one of the more crucial parts of the process is your final official transcript, mm-hmm. your AP test scores, and your official SAT or ACT scores. Mm-hmm. So, as an applicant, all of the information that we receive on your application is self reported. So it's information that you entered into the application that we're now using to assess whether or not you're eligible for our institution. So there is technically no official documents from um, the applicant or the institutions or high schools that you're attending until we get to this point Mm -hmm. um, where we're requesting those documents. So for us, it's the final confirmation Mm -hmm. to confirm Okay, now we've offered you admission, but did you keep up your end of the bargain? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, reminding yourself what it means to stay on track. Like, one of my favorite analogies to tell students um, during my What's Next presentations is that high school and even um, community college is like a race. And, you know, the final confirmation or being admitted. Is the final lap? It's the victory Mm -hmm. lap. TMC. The marathon continues. (laughs) But um, it's a way for so you can't start off too strong because if you start off giving it everything you got, well as you first start the race you're not gonna have enough energy to maintain and to finish strong. So you want to keep a steady pace. You want to you know maintain yourself. Maybe take some water breaks. Whatever Mm -hmm. it means for you. But if you if you kind of slack off right before you get to the finish line, so you don't go to class, um, you know, maybe you're dropping courses that you actually need for your mission or stuff like that. It's going to have an effect on how you finish the race and Mm -hmm. what the end result will be. So just, you know, making sure that you're aware of the deadline dates. Again, if you have questions about that, ask Mm -hmm. your campus, contact them. Um, They're always happy
1: to assist you. We're always happy to assist you. Yeah. We're so happy to assist you. And at the end of the day, We are only here to see you be successful and prosperous. That's all we want for you at the end of the day. And even if oh, you talk. I know, know. a little ray ray. I never thought I'd see this <laughs> okay. Um But yeah, and I think even if you catch a counselor on a bad day, we still just want to see you be successful. Even if you don't cuss us out and I don't ever want to talk to you again, <laughs> I'm still wishing the best for you. So really stay on top of your things, um, on top of all your to do list items. Check those portals. Deadlines are not suggestions. Turn in those final official documents. Um, And this is a really big decision, but we want you to have fun. Yeah, college is a great experience. It teaches you stuff that
0: you wouldn't have been able to learn otherwise. Mm. Um, And it also requires a great deal of tenacity and perseverance and strength to just maintain and get to the end goal. Because basically for four years, you're agreeing to be broke. You're to live on very limited means Uh um, around people that you're not really familiar with until you integrate yourself into the community that you're a part of. Exactly.
1: So, and, you know, I actually thought, forgot one really important um, bullet point on here. And I'm sorry, I put this in here earlier. Um, but students learn how to do your laundry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Don't stop them. Nah, I got listen. Okay. Look, look, look. Okay. You just hear me out. Mm-hmm, okay. Right. See you. Look, there are a lot of things that you are There's going to learn in college. Exactly. In and y'all need to learn how to do the laundry. <laughs> you know how many people I taught how to do laundry in college? And <laughs> some of them probably still don't know how to do it, but that's okay. That's I that's taught, true. you know, I taught. But you just don't want to be that person who dyed your khaki pants pink. That did actually happen to me, and I knew how to do laundry. But I See, either way it. you do No, 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 no. See, look, okay, here's one important piece of laundry. When you have new dyed clothing, sometimes it bleeds. So you, one, always want to wash it in cold water, but two, check the tag because a lot of your jeans will tell you, wash this by itself in cold water because they will bleed. Y'all, at this point,
0: we don't <laughs> give her an episode to talk about laundry <laughs> because she's coming for y'all too hard right and now. No, i One um, note that we also wanted to leave with you is be be financially prepared because all of these things may cost money up front. Mm -hmm. So um, a camp no, sorry, campus visit would not cost, but the means to be able to get to your campus visit Mm -hmm. may incorporate some some fees. In terms of your financial aid package, again, if you have to pay money out of pocket, that's an additional cost. Mm -hmm. Um, Your intent to enroll that's an additional cost. Mm Dorming on campus—that's an additional cost because rent ain't free nowhere. As far as I know, maybe if you live at home. But
1: and don't be afraid to ask campuses um, because I do work at a campus where we kind of allow students um, if they get like the fee waiver financial hardships, we defer the payment for them. We do not waive it. Defer it, meaning it comes out of their financial impact So they're still able to do everything without coming out of pocket. A lot of institutions don't offer that, but it does not hurt to give them a call and ask if they can do that. Um, and that may also help you in choosing where you're going to go to school um, because maybe you can't afford to pay anything up front. And so you might need the school that's going to give you that grace on the back end.
0: Yeah, orientation also has a fee, just FYI. Mm-hmm. But we
1: really want to thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah, and then make sure you follow us on our social meds account. Um, that is social media for anyone who is not familiar with my lingo and it's really not even mine. It's uh, Phoebe Robinson. She's so great. Um, <laughs> but follow us on Instagram at admitnet, admitnit, A-D-M-I-T-N-I-T um, or on our Facebook, which is admitnit with a space in between admit and it. Um, and then if you have any questions, suggestions or fan mail, you can always email us at admittinit at gmail.com. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, talk to you later. Bye.